0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I am at the Crusade. Well, actually, I'm still in the office on a Saturday, but I'm making this one in advance because I'm going to be at the Crusade when you're listening to this. However, I think I've got some very important information to reveal to you today. We're going to be talking about Revelation chapter 15. The whole point of Revelation chapter 15, first of all, it has my favorite verse in there, which I'll get to in a second. Revelation chapter 15 is telling us that these seven angels that are about to get these seven vials fulfill, in other words, when they're completed, then the whole wrath of God has been all poured out. And of course, the wrath of God is the morning star. So Revelation chapter 15, verse 1, and I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous seven angels having the seven last plagues for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten victory over the beast, and over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name. Meaning that, of course, now remember the audible voice told me that the seven seals play over seven years, the seven trumpets play over seven months, and the seven vials play over seven days. So this is about to introduce the seven vials, the last seven days just before Jesus returns. And this is a picture of those people that had gotten victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name, and they stand on the sea of glass, which was mingled with fire, and they sing the Song of Moses, which I'm about to read to you. You've heard me quote this many times. It's my favorite. I think it's probably my favorite set of verses in the whole Bible, and it's definitely my favorite verses of the book of Revelation. But anyway, they sing the Song of Moses, the servant of God, and the Song of the Lamb. So what I'm about to say here, this is the Song of Moses and the Song of the Lamb. Now, understand, it's not a song like we sing with notes and music. It's a prophecy. And I think it's some of the greatest words. I use them almost every night in my my prayer closet. And it says, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. Now, I changed that, but the actual scripture says, For thy judgments are made manifest, meaning this ends it all. These last seven vials when they're poured out. Verse 5, And after that I looked, and behold, and by the way, the word behold means I saw, or it was something amazing, okay? I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And this is a picture of John standing on the earth and eternity entering into time and literally the heaven rolling back like a scroll and he is able to look up and see into heaven. So he's on the earth. Now, yes, I know he was pulled into heaven earlier, but I mean, here's a picture of him looking up into heaven and he sees the Ark of the Covenant. Anyways, it says, And I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. And the seven angels came out of the temple having the seven plagues clothed in pure and white linen, having their breasts girded with golden girdles, and one of the four beasts gave to the seven angels seven golden vials, full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. So basically, chapter 15 is introducing chapter 16, of the angels pouring out the seven vials of the last seven days. Now let's go to chapter 16. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went out and poured his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. Now this is a picture of this first vial being poured out and everybody that had the mark of the beast. And again, at this point, we're seven days away from Jesus returning, seven days away from the morning star, seven days away from getting our glorified body. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. I've heard that the blood of a dead man is kind of like, it's watery, it's not exactly consistent blood, it's kind of blood, and then chunks of blood, and then kind of watery, And I think this happens because whatever they pour out on the sea there doesn't make it like total blood like it does here in just a second. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. So the second angel causes the sea to turn to blood like a dead man. The third angel causes the fountains and rivers of water to literally become blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. Now that should be telling us that there's not a pre-trib rapture. No one's going anywhere, but God is going to protect those people that are clean. However, there is some people that are not clean enough to get his protection, or there are some people that are slated to become living testimonies. In other words, they died for Jesus. I mean, and the two witnesses, well, they die for Jesus. John the Baptist died for Jesus. There is nothing wrong with dying for Jesus and getting the highest rewards in heaven. Verse 7, and I heard another out of the altar say, matter of fact, let me back up and read that as a whole. And I heard the angel of the water say, thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, "Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments." So he's doing the correct thing, by giving people nothing but blood, whether it's in the sea, or the fountains, the rivers, the aquifers underneath the. the I don't even. Maybe if you even haven't water in a canteen or a gallon milk jug or something, maybe even that turns to blood. In other words, at this point, the earth now has four days until the return of Jesus, and all water has been taken away from them to drink. Now you'd think that that would get everybody at that point to repent and turn to Jesus, because that is his point, and that's the reason he's bringing this. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which had power of these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. See, that's the point. He's trying to get everyone on earth to make a decision. Either you worship the beast or you choose Jesus. He does his very best to try to get them to make that decision. But there are some people that simply will not choose either. They don't take the mark, but they don't receive Jesus either. And they are the corners not harvested. The Bible refers to them as the nation's. And upon trumpets, which at this point is now three days away, they will be told that they are allowed to live up to a thousand years. But if they break any of the laws of God, a morning star judge shows up at the speed of thought, hits them with a morning star. They fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. In other words, their judgment comes in three more days at the Feast of Trumpets. Let's get there in a second. So the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and it scorches men with fire. Well, Isaiah 30 verse 26 says the sun gets seven times hotter. So what happens is the sun novas. It gets like really, really, really hot for just a few hours, and then it goes out. It's kind of like you walk into a room, you turn on the light switch, and all of a sudden the light gets really, really bright, and then it goes out. Same thing here. The sun is turning into a nova. It gets seven times brighter, then it goes out. So, verse 10, here it goes out. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his great kingdom was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. So, this is the second time it's showing us he's trying, God is trying to get these people to repent and receive Jesus. But they simply won't. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Why? Because he's gathering the tares to come down to attack Israel so they can all be burned. Matthew thirteen thirty: gather you first the tares, mine them in the bundles, cast them into the fire, gather my wheat into the barn. Verse 13, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are the spirits of devils working miracles, going forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. And what battle would that be? That would be the final battle. That's going to be the battle between Jesus and the beast. That's going to be the battle between flesh and spirit. Behold, I come as a thief. By the way, this is the very best verse in the New Testament, disproving any kind of a pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath rapture. Because this is Jesus saying, this is after the sixth seal is poured out, means that tomorrow Jesus returns. This is 24 hours away Twenty-four hours away from Jesus returning and them not having any more chance to accept him. And Jesus says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. Now, what's that say? It's saying that the Euphrates River is dried up so that the kings of the east can come on over. And then the three unclean spirits out of the dragon, the beast, the false prophet are released to gather the kings and all of the people of the world to come down to attack little Israel so that he can destroy them. He gathers them to the battle of Armageddon. And then the last warning is given to his believers, to the Christians, saying, Behold, I come as a thief. In other words, I'm about to hit. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. Now, how do we know he's talking to Christians? How do we know the Christians are here at this time? They're here because he says garments. Do the tares get garments? No. Do the grapes get garments? No. And by the way, that's another thing. Uh, What's the difference between a tear and a grape? Well, the tares, they live among the wheat. They sat on the pews with the wheat. They go to school with the wheat. They work with the wheat. But they're not the wheat. They're weeds. Whereas the grapes, well, they don't live among the wheat. In other words, these are people that have never gone to church. They don't hear about Jesus. They don't want to hear about Jesus. They aren't even close to being saved. And they're probably an entire nation like a nation that doesn't have any Christians in it. These are people that do not live among the wheat. They are out and they are separate have nothing to do with Jesus or Christianity. That's the grapes. But they're not the wheat. They are weeds. They are tares. They're to be bound into bundles, cast into the fire, as in the morning star fire. So when he says, blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, he's saying to the Christians that are on the earth at this time, don't fall away. Don't take the mark of the beast. Don't lose your salvation, because I'm coming tomorrow. That's what he's saying. So when the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. He's saying that now time has stopped. Now eternity is going to enter into time. That's the reason the heaven rolls back like a scroll. That's the reason that woe to those that desire the day of the Lord, for it is not a day of light, but of darkness and gloominess and thick clouds and darkness. So if you're on earth at this time, you would look up and you would literally see darkness or blackness, which is eternity, entering into time. The sky would literally look like it is rolling back like a scroll, and Jesus is coming out of that eternity. He didn't come from some planet heaven light years away. He's like right here, and he's just in another dimension. We can't see him, and eternity enters into time. That's reason it says, it is done. Another place it says, it is finished. Another place it says, there should be time no longer. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. All of it takes place on trumpets, verse 18. And there were voices, and thunders, and lightnings. And there was a great earthquake, such as what's not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake, and so great. And that earthquake is a, a, a real big nail point. I call it a nail point, where you can put a nail through like pieces of paper. Let's say you have a stack of papers on your desk and you run a nail through them and they're just kind of scattered around. Well, you could put a nail back through them after you pull that nail out and you would know that all of those papers meet at that point. And this word earthquake, many of the prophecies take place associated with this earthquake. It's one of the things to look for that says, day of the Lord. This says within 24 hours, Jesus returns, the great earthquake, so great, no other earthquake had ever been this big, and the great city was divided into three parts. I think that that is Los Angeles, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came into remembrance before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath, meaning this is when God destroys America for the second time. The first time is when the Russians attack having to do with sins in the church. The second time is because America has shed the blood of saints and prophets and were all slain upon the earth to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath and every island fled away and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail for the plague thereof was exceeding great. I got a question for you. Why would there be hail? Why would every stone be about the weight of a talent, which is about 75 pounds or about the size of a beach ball? Can you imagine a chunk of ice the size of a beach ball falling from heaven? It would destroy, well, just about everything on earth. Uh, So the only thing that's going to be alive at this point is either the birds that can survive and probably not too many of them or people at this point They have to be living underground. Why? Because the sun just got seven times hotter and then it went out. Okay, well, that's the point. How long would it take once the sun goes out? I mean, it literally loses its flame and it turns to black as sackcloth of hair. How long would it take once the sun goes out before the atmosphere begins to cool and freeze until enough where there's giant hail the size of beach balls? How long? Well, it tells you. Because back over in the fourth vial is when the sun gets seven times hotter. Then the fifth seal is when it goes out. The sixth seal is the Euphrates drying up. The seventh seal is saying it's over. And at the seventh seal is when there's a great earthquake. The cities of the nations fail. That means every wall falls. That means every valley is exalted, the Bible says. Every mountain and hill is made low. The crooked places are made straight. And the rough places are made smooth or plain. Every mountain lowers, every valley fills in, and there's no more sea. The earth turns to a nice, round, smooth ball. This is the day that Jesus arises to shake the earth terribly. Matter of fact, let me read this last verse, and I'll tell you what I, I think the way it all happens. Okay, so the reason the great hail is formed is because now the sun has been out for about 24 to 48 hours, 36 hours tops. It's been out. So the Earth is cool and the atmosphere is cool to this point. And my guess is, just a guess, my guess is that the Earth is probably filled anywhere from three to seven, in some places, maybe even 10 foot high of these giant beach ball-sized 70-pound, sorry, 75-pound hailstones all around the globe. That means that every car is gone, <laughs> every building is gone, every wall is shaken. So the whole Earth is is destroyed. He destroys this old earth built upon sin. Why? Because he's making a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. So at this point, he is about to return. God has done everything he possibly can to try to get every beating heart on earth to make a decision. Either take the mark or receive Jesus, one or the other. It's got to be one or the other. But there's some of them that still resist. They are called the nations. They are the ones that did not take the mark, but they didn't receive Jesus either. They are the corners, not harvested. See, not everyone is harvested. And on the Feast of Trumpets, when Jesus returns, they are given their judgment. And their judgment is this. If you sin, if you break one law, then you will be destroyed right then. They're allowed to live up to a thousand years. After the thousand years are fulfilled, then Satan must be loosed out of his prison. He goes out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, to gather them to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went upon the breath of the earth, encompassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city, and fire, got, or fire from God out of heaven came down and devoured them. That's the morning star. So these people that think, oh, well, the great white throne, that takes place at the end of the 1,000 years, wrong wrong. I just made a PowerPoint last night that I probably will be covering at the upcoming crusade explaining the major misunderstandings of Revelation. And that's the biggest. In other words, people think the great white throne. And if you just in all defense of them, if you just read Revelation straight through and if you don't have the secret door to be able to put things in correct order, then to tell you the truth, before I got the secret door, that's why I used to see it, too. But the secret door shows us that there are no more feasts after the Feast of Tabernacles. That's the last feast, and that is the only feast that is kept during the millennium. None of the other feasts are ever kept during the millennium, and then, of course, after the uh, nations are destroyed at the end of the millennium. In other words, their judgment is still on trumpets, and they are still, in terms of eternity, they're already destroyed. Now, let's go back to the day of the Lord. So this is the way I believe it looks on the day of the Lord. If we were standing on the earth, I believe this is what we would see. We would see the sun get seven times hotter. We would see the sun go out. The Euphrates River would be dried up. The kings of the earth and the whole world will gather down to defeat little Israel. And when they do, Jesus returns. And the way it looks is this. When Jesus returns, first of all, the dead in Christ shall rise out of the graves first. Just like it says and then he blows his glory. He brandishes his sword. He blows with the breath of his nostrils the morning star. And that morning star not only goes all the way around the earth, the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. There's another scripture that says the hills melt like water running down the steep place. There's other scriptures that says it sets the foundations of the mountains on fire. It means every mountain falls Every valley is shaken and filled in the earth, turns to a nice, round, smooth ball. There is no more sea. So the dead in Christ rise first, and then Jesus blows his morning star, his glory, his light. He is the light of the world. Literally, the sun is out. There is darkness. So he blows his morning star all the way around the earth, but it doesn't just go around the earth. It goes all the way to the center of the earth. Even those people that are underground, Look up, and they see the face, just like Revelation six twelve says, and they ran into the dens and the holes of rocks, the mountains, said fallen us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? In other words, they're underground. Anybody is alive must be underground at this time. They're underground. Yet when Jesus returns, they see through the ground, they see through the concrete or the the metal or whatever it is above them. They see through it. Why? Because that morning star goes all the way to the center of the earth and it goes through everything. Because in the millennium, there is no darkness. You can open a cabinet. There's still no darkness in there. you can't find darkness any place because the light of Jesus goes through everything in thing, everything around the earth. And as that morning star hits people whose name is not in the book of life, they fall to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones. Malachi four three, they will be ashes under the soles of our feet. As it hits us, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, in a moment, we get our glorified body. In a moment, we get all of our crowns, our rewards, all of our garments, all of our mantles, everything, everything, everything. And in a moment, we see everything that is not covered by a garment all the way back to Adam and Eve. We see everything. That is, remember the Bible says that everything done in secret is to be open and manifest. Everything hidden should be shouted from the rooftops. That is, those things that are not covered by a garment means if they have accepted Jesus then we don't see those sins. But that's the reason he says, Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. Meaning, we will see, we're going to find out who killed Lincoln, who killed Kennedy. We're going to find out where those emails went from Hillary Clinton. (laughs) We're going to see it all. Everything, everything that is not covered by a garment. We will get to see it all in a moment at the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. So the dead in Christ shall rise first, the morning star goes all the way around the earth, down to the center of the earth, everything in the blink of an eye, faster than a blink of an eye. And it all happens that fast. That's the reason Isaiah 17:14 says, in the evening tide, they are, in the morning tide, they are not. Meaning the day of the Lord is just that. It is not even 24 hours. It didn't take Jesus hardly any time at all. He brings the armies of the, well, like Revelation 19 says, and I saw the beast and his armies, Gathered to make war against him that sat on the horse and his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet which wrought miracles before them, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive in the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And here it is, here it is. And the remnant were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword came out of his mouth or proceeded out of his mouth. That's the morning star. That's the picture of Armageddon. That's the reason it says, To the fowls, dear, I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, gather yourselves together into the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses. And then the said on them, You may eat the flesh of all men, small, to great, free and bond. And it's all destroyed, all in one day. That's the day of the Lord. Then after the day of the Lord, Ten days later is the judgment of the dead, those not in Christ. Five days later is when the new Jerusalem comes down heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That's when we get to get our mansions. So all of this, now I cover all of this in The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. If you haven't heard that, what happened was, and back in 2017, just as a little project, I decided I was going to, I believe it was the Spirit of God nudging my heart, to memorize the book of Revelation. Now, I'm not smart enough to memorize it. I'll tell you right quick. I know it was the Spirit of God helping me to memorize it. Nevertheless, I memorized the book of Revelation, giving Jesus all the glory. What happened was I started getting revelations. As a matter of fact, I got 30 revelations, two visions, and an audible voice, which the last vision told me to put it into a book. He said, not everything can be learned by audio and video. Sometimes you have to write it out. That's the reason I wrote this book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. He showed me that there is one word, the word fruits, found in Leviticus 23.10 and Revelation 14.4. That word firstfruits links the feasts to the prophecies in Revelation allowing us for the first time, probably the first time in human history, probably the first time since John got the book of Revelation 2,000 years ago, we can finally put the prophecies of Revelation in correct chronological order, which is why people think the great white throne takes place at the end of the millennium. It does not, which is why they get the marriage supper of the Lamb out of place. A lot of people think, oh, no, the marriage supper of the Lamb happened on trumpets. No, it doesn't. It happened four months before on the Feast of Pentecost, and in the book, I prove that scripturally. Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy is the book. It's the granddad of all of the four books that are written that people need to under. I mean, you start with The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, then you get all of the other four books, which, by the way, we, if you'll go to the website, we've done a lot of improvement and upgrades on the website. And if you go there, it's got a really, really awesome deal. Get all five of the books prophecyclub.com prophecyclub.com I also just learned that Heaven's Harvest has more food in stock that's right freeze-dried the coveted freeze-dried food in stock at heavensharvest.com and if you put the promo code in Stan it helps your Prophecy Club and it also gets you a packet of heirloom seeds free heavensharvest.com promo code Stan s-t-a-n heavensharvest.com Stan cornerstoneassetmetals.com is owned by a prophecy student who reads his King James Bible and supports Prophecy Club. Call cornerstoneassetmetals.com for gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k, so tell cornerstoneassetmetals.com Prophecy Club sent you. What is the most important information to every beating heart on the globe? After Except Jesus, it would be don't take the mark of the beast. Those taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but are it in the lake of fire and brimstone for eternity. How do you tell them? Give them Miss the Mark. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of ten, one for twenty, ten for thirty, and twenty for fifty at prophecyclub.com. Over the past thirty two years I've collected the best hundred and one prophecies from Demetri Dudeman, Michael Buldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Gruber, Shane Warren, Terry Bennett, Marie Sklar, Augusto Perez, Doug Metzger, and more. It's called God's Warnings for America. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of five. One for twenty, but don't do that. Five for thirty-five or ten for sixty. My new book is called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel because that's what it does. It shows you the part of Daniel you need to know. Then you're about to be a tribulation saint and will desperately need to know and understand about the last days you live in. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of 10, 1 for 20, 10 for 30, and 20 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. In How Pre-Trib 1, I expose the dirty little secrets pastors don't want you to know, which is why sometimes they can't preach the truth, especially about the rapture. Then, using the secret door, I explain the truth about the rapture and rebut, then I rebut 25 claims pre-tribbers use to prove pre-trib. You'll finally know the truth about the rapture. We offer it in shrink wrap sets of 10. One for 20, but don't do that. 10 for 30, 20 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. That's prophecyclub.com.